Sunday, 30th of October 2021. Parthians and Medes and Elamites, those dwelling in Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia. Acts 2 verse 9. The list of various dialects, even within various languages, is now presented. This list is probably not all-inclusive, but it gives a sense of the scope of what was heard by those gathered in Jerusalem. Hence, it gives the scope of the miracle itself. As these are Galileans speaking forth, and as there are such an expansive number of individual languages and dialects, it reveals the knowledge and understanding of the Spirit who caused these people to speak. The languages, as they are presented, generally follow from east to west in their geographic locations. Albert Barnes gives a detailed description of these people groups and his work will be cited here. The list begins with Parthians. Of them, Barnes says, Parthians mean those Jews or proselytes who dwelt in Parthia. This country was a part of Persia and was situated between the Persian Gulf and the Tigris on the west, and the Indus River on the east. The term Parthia originally referred to a small mountainous district lying to the northeast of Media. Afterward, it came to be applied to the great Parthian kingdom, into which this province expanded. Parthia proper, or ancient Parthia, lying between Asia and Hycania, the residence of a rude and poor tribe, and traversed by bare mountains, woods, and sandy steeps, formed a part of the great Persian monarchy. Its inhabitants were of Scythian origin, about 256 years before Christ. Arsaces rose against the Syro-Macedonian power and commenced a new dynasty in her own person, designated by the title of Arsacidae. This was the beginning of the great Parthian Empire, which extended itself in the early days of Christianity over all the provinces of what had been the Persian Kingdom, having the Euphrates for its western boundary, by which it was separated from the dominions of Rome, according to Quito's encyclopedia. Their empire lasted about 400 years. The Parthians were much distinguished for their manner of fighting. They usually fought on horseback, and when appearing to retreat, discharged their arrows with great execution behind them. They disputed the empire of the east with the Romans for a long time. The language spoken there was that of Persia, and in ancient writers, Parthia and Persia often mean the same country. Next, Luke says, and Medes. Of them, Barn says, inhabitants of Media, this country was situated westward and southward of the Caspian Sea, between 35 degrees and 40 degrees of north latitude. It had Persia on the south and Armenia on the west. It was about the size of Spain and was one of the richest parts of Asia. In the scriptures, it is called Madai, Genesis 10 verse 2. The Medes are often mentioned, frequently in connection with the Persians, with whom they were often connected under the same government. 2 Kings 17 verse 6, 2 Kings 18 verse 11, Esther 1 verse 3, Esther 1 verse 14, Esther 1 verses 18 to 19, 
Jeremiah 25 verse 25, Daniel 5 verse 28, Daniel 6 verse 8, Daniel 8 verse 20, Daniel 9 verse 1. The spoken language here was also that of Persia. After them come the Elamites. Barnes states, The nation was descended from Elam, the son of Shem. Genesis 10 verse 22. It is mentioned as being in alliance with Amraphel, the king of Shinar, and Arioch, king of Elasar, and Tidal, king of nations. Genesis 14 verse 1. Of these nations in alliance, Chedorlaomer, king of Elam, was the chief. Genesis 14 verse 4. See also Ezra 2 verse 7, Ezra 8 verse 7, Nehemiah 7 verse 12, Nehemiah 7 verse 34, Isaiah 11 verse 11, Isaiah 21 verse 2, Isaiah 22 verse 6, etc. They are mentioned as a part of the Persian Empire, and Daniel is said to have resided at Shushan, which is in the province of Elam, Daniel 8 verse 2. The Greeks and Romans gave to this country the name of Elamais. It is now called Kusistan. It was bounded by Persia on the east, by Media on the north, by Babylonia on the west, and by the Persian Gulf on the south. The Elamites were a warlike people and celebrated for the use of the bow. Isaiah 22 verse 6, Jeremiah 49 verse 35. The language of this people was of course the Persian. Its capital, Shushan, called by the Greeks Susa, was much celebrated. It is said to have been 15 miles in circumference and was adorned with the celebrated palace of Ahasuerus. The inhabitants still pretend to show there the tomb of the prophet Daniel. Luke next turns to those dwelling in Mesopotamia. Barnes details them, saying, This name, which is Greek, signifies between the rivers. That is the region lying between the rivers Euphrates and Tigris. In Hebrew, it is called Naha'araim, that is Aram, or Syria, of the two rivers. It was called Padan Aram, the plain of Syria. In this region were situated some important places mentioned in the Bible. Ur of the Chaldees, the birthplace of Abraham, Genesis 11 verse 27 to 28. Haran, where Terah stopped on his journey and died. Genesis 11 verse 31 to 32. Carchemish, 2 Chronicles 35 verse 20. Hina, 2 Kings 19 verse 13. Sephavaim, 2 Kings 17 verse 24. This region, known as Mesopotamia, extended between the two rivers from their sources to Babylon on the south. It had on the north Armenia, on the west Syria, on the east Persia, and on the south Babylonia. It was an extensive, level and fertile country. The language spoken here was probably the Syriac, with perhaps a mixture of the Chaldee. Luke next mentions Judea. In this, Barnes notably and wisely states, This expression has greatly perplexed commentators. It has been thought difficult to see why Judea should be mentioned, as if it were a matter of surprise that they could speak in this language. Some have supposed that there is an error in the manuscripts and have proposed to read Armenia or India or Lydia or Idumea, etc. But all this has been without any authority. Others have supposed that the language of Galilee was so different from that of the other parts of Judea 
as to render it remarkable that they could speak that dialect. But this is an idle supposition. This is one of the many instances in which commentators have perplexed themselves to very little purpose. Luke recorded this as any other historian would have done. In running over the languages which they spoke, he enumerated this as a matter of course, not that it was remarkable simply that they should speak the language of Judea, but that they should speak so many, meaning about the same by it as if he had said they spoke every language in the world. It is as if a similar miracle were to occur at this time among an assembly of native Englishmen and foreigners. In describing it, nothing would be more natural than to say they spoke French and German and Spanish and English and Italian, etc. In this there would be nothing remarkable except that they spoke so many languages. Luke next turns to Cappadocia. Barnes diligently notes, this was a region of Asia Minor and was bounded on the east by the Euphrates and Armenia, on the north by Pontus, west by Phrygia and Galatia, and south by Mount Taurus, beyond which are Cilicia and Syria. The language which was spoken here is not certainly known. It was probably, however, a mixed dialect made up of Greek and Syriac, perhaps the same as that of their neighbours, the Lyconians, Acts 14 verse 11. This place was formerly celebrated for iniquity and is mentioned in Greek writers as one of the three eminently wicked places whose name begin with C. The others were Crete, compare Titus 1 verse 12, and Cilicia. After its conversion to the Christian religion, however, it produced many eminent men, among whom were Gregory Neeson and Basil the Great. It was one of the places to which Peter directed an epistle, 1 Peter 1 verse 1. After that, Luke states, Pontus. Again to Barnes, this was another province of Asia Minor, and was situated north of Cappadocia, and was bounded west by Paphlagonia. Pontus and Cappadocia under the Romans constituted one province. This was one of the places to which the Apostle Peter directed his epistle, 1 Peter 1 verse 1. This was the birthplace of Aquila, one of the companions of Paul, Acts 18 verse 2. Acts 18 verse 18, Acts 18 verse 26, Romans 16 verse 3, 1 Corinthians 16 verse 19, 2 Timothy 4 verse 19. The verse ends with, and Asia. Of this area, Barnes details the following. Pontus and Cappadocia, etc. were parts of Asia, but the word Asia is doubtless used here to denote the regions or provinces west of these, which are not particularly enumerated. Thus it is used in Acts 6, 9, Acts 16, 6, Acts 20, 16. It probably embraced Mycia, Aeolis, Ionia, Caria, and Lydia. The term probably denoted not so much a definite region as a jurisdiction, the limits of which varied from time to time, according to the plan of government which the Romans adopted for their Asiatic provinces, Professor Hackett in Loco. The capital of this region was Ephesus, See also 1 Peter 1 verse 1. This region was frequently called Ionia and was afterward the seat of the seven churches in Asia, Revelation 1 verse 4. Concerning the term Asia, Vincent's word studies further clarifies the term, saying, Not the Asiatic continent, nor Asia Minor. In the time of the apostles, the term was commonly understood 
of the proconsular province of Asia, principally of the kingdom of Pergamus, left by Attalus III to the Romans, and including Lydia, Mysia, Caria, and at times parts of Persia. The name Asia Minor did not come into use until the 4th century of our era. Life Application When reading commentaries and verses, such as Acts 2 verse 9, be sure to thank the Lord for all of the diligent work that has gone into recording information about these places by scholars of past ages. At times, they provide scriptural reference that will help identify who is being referred to elsewhere in the Bible. Great scholars of the past spent a lot of time in rooms lighted by lamps, poring over maps, books, and the Bible itself to put together reliable records of what is being described. We are those who benefit from their labours, and they have made our lives much easier as we prepare our own commentaries, Bible studies, and sermons for those in our lives to also benefit from. A big thank you to them is due when we meet on the fairer shores we will someday walk upon. And above all, thank the Lord that he has given us such wonderful words through Luke and the other writers of the Bible to get us going in our journey of understanding the greatness of what God is doing in redemptive history as he arranges his word, builds up his foundations and weaves together his church. Yes, thank God for all he has done to give us the surety of his word and thus the surety of our salvation, which is so clearly presented in this word. Lord God, thank you for the wonderful stream of instruction you have given us, both in your word and in those who have evaluated your word throughout the ages. We have a reliable testimony to all that is going on in the wonderful story of the redemption of man because of those things you have put together for us. Thank you, O oh God. Amen.